You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. Well, you may have just seen in that clip, well, or sometimes it's hard to see the clip here and here on the screens. Um, that's taken from The Chosen. And that particular video is uh, one that has... Jesus calling Matthew, and Peter is kind of saying, wait, not him, not one of those people. He's a sinner. And Jesus simply says, get used to different. Well, that's really the message for us today is we have to get used to different, not only in this world, but God calls us out of the world to be different than others. But this day is different for other reasons. This day is different because I haven't given a sermon here since June 6th. And June 6th, I gave a sermon here, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, 
It was long, but uh, this one will be longer probably. But it's been a long time, so long should be okay, right? Okay, well, that's one of the reasons that we're going to be here today. And I'm going to do a little bit of this uh, recording here um, so that um, hopefully uh, the cancer meds have been dealing with my voice and maybe this way my voice won't give out. And uh, secondly, hopefully I won't just uh, be blubbering over everybody and over myself at this point in time. So, um, yeah, here we go. It's the same and it's different. And we want to look a little bit at that today. But let's start with a word of prayer, if we could. Father God, we just thank you that as we come out today, wow, Lord, we need to be reminded how good and gracious you really are. We know that you are here because you have promised to be with us. So thank you for loving us in such a profound way, such a personal way that you gave your son Jesus to save us from our own sin and our own destruction. Speak to us today through your word and And as your word says for me and for our listeners today, Lord, from Psalm 19, verse 14, may the word of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In your holy and precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen? Amen. We're uh, thankful that God has uh, brought us together today. I'm thankful for all of the family and friends that have gathered Uh, But more than that, this is an opportunity for us to be reminded that we come here for the Word of God and for who that Word points to. So today, it's different because I haven't been here in a few months to give a long message. And, And it's the same because the message is still about Jesus and about all that He has done for us. So when we come today, we want to be reminded about all of that goodness Well, the last sermon I gave was uh, June 6th, as I said, and uh, a few weeks before that, I had been uh, wandering in the Utah National Parks in uh, one place looking for a slot canyon, and I found it, but there was a rock in front of it, so I couldn't get there. Um, But as I left, the wind had blown, sand had blown, and I could not find my footsteps, and I wasn't sure where to go. I knew that it was at least a 45-minute walk to the car, and I knew that I had parked eight miles off of the main road. And it was just me, and there wasn't anybody else around. And after walking a while and finding a rock and sitting and thinking and wandering and hoping and a prayer, but as I went a little further and then a little further, I sat on a rock, and then I really began to pray and say, okay, Lord, I could use your direction here because I am lost and I need to be, uh, I need to be found really. So as I finished kind of sitting on that rock and looking up, there was a glint in the window and there were people there. There was a glint on a windshield from the sun and um, I wandered over to them, confessed that I was lost and confessed that I needed help and directions. And uh, that was different but they took me back to my car and I made it out and it was great. But that desert experience is really what we experience all the time, right? For the last few months, actually for the last six years, I've been in this health desert when I wasn't sure what was going on. But the last five months have been even more of a desert, the June and July, especially when I couldn't walk. But today I come thankful that I'm able to come and do this part of the, of the, of the service today, this message today. Is really a, a thankful heart to God for what he has done in this place over the years 
through lots of different pastors, but always through the same word and always pointing to the same Jesus. Now in June, um, that desert for me was probably the hardest that I can remember in my life. I, I, all the things that I preached to everybody else for 30 or 40 years, now I had to preach to myself, just being reminded that God is faithful and he's going to get us through. Well, the message today is really in four parts. And you could um, use the word spur for those four parts. It really is the first letter of four words from four Bible passages that I'd like to share with you today. The S, first of all, comes to us from the word sufficient. From 2 Corinthians 9, verse 14, where it says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Well, my grace is sufficient. Well, what is, what is sufficient? Sufficient is that, that he is enough. Max Lucado in his book entitled Grace uh, simply says, imagine it's like this, the, the waves of the ocean. You know, every eight, ten seconds comes a wave, and then eight, ten seconds later comes another wave and another wave. And does the ocean ever empty of water? There is always enough water. The water is sufficient for every wave that comes, and wave after wave, like John 1, 19, where it says, that he gives us grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, wave upon wave. You can stand there and, and it may hit you harder one time and other times it might be smooth and gentle, but it's enough. It's sufficient. In our insufficiency, for example, in my health desert, I have these pills that I have to take. I have a calcium pill and I have uh, some berry pills that I take and some fruit pills that I take and uh, vitamin C and uh, arena food. That's for the one kidney that I still have left. Vitamin D and a Senecot that mm, just keeps me regular. Well, this time of life, you got to do that, you know. Xarelto, which makes my blood thin. And then I have two blood pressure pills, which helps take care of my high blood pressure and move it down. Some Simvastat, which is for cholesterol. Some Lazonoprazole, which is, is for... Um, for my reflux and all that stuff. Um, then I take a couple of venlafaxine pills. Um, those are for anxiety and depression, um, which actually they increased in June and July when things weren't going so well. But then I have these, these great uh, pills, these ones that come in this bag, hazardous drug. And when you get them in that bag, you should just say, oh, I want to put that in my body. I'm going to feel so much better when I take them. So I take one Everlimus and three of these Lenvima pills. And I just, I take them every, this is my morning regimen, not my evening, but my morning. So just hang on just a minute. Ah, now we're good to go, right? All of those pills, I should be perfect. I should be perfect. I'm taking all these. It's sufficient. <clears throat> it's kept me right where I'm at. It's been enough. It's been enough. So I'm thankful to God that his grace is enough. So I, I have to also remember Isaiah 43.1, which simply says, fear not. 
For I have redeemed you, you are mine. I have called you by name. God knows us. He's redeemed us. He's forgiven us. And so, S for spur, sufficient. The P is next. Sufficient is what God is and what his word does for us. And the whole idea that he comes to remind us that he's more than enough. He's, he's always enough. We never have to worry about, about something lacking, even though sometimes we might question what's going on. And we all question what's going on. A lot of you have been in health deserts. A lot of you have been in vocational deserts. Some of you have been emotional um, relationship deserts where things aren't always right, things don't always go the way you want them to go, and you're sometimes wondering, um, what's happening next? So the next thing we want to look at is uh, the P, and that stands for plans. And that word from uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, and I would like you to read that with me, if you would, please. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has plans for you. Did you know that? God has plans for you. I grew up in Minnesota, right, Mom? Somewhere there? Okay. Hi, Mom. And uh, my wife grew up in Illinois, and her dad's here. All right, so those, all of, we went to Seward, and we met in Seward. That was good. I had a teacher in grade school who's, who said, you know, you should really be a teacher, so I, I want to be a teacher. Then I had a, a high school teacher and coach who, uh, who encouraged me to go to Seward. And that was Courtney Meyer. Where's Courtney? I know he's here. Uh, that guy over there, he's probably the, the reason that I became a Lutheran educator and a, a person that, uh, thank you for your faith and everything that you have given to me over the years. He played into my life a couple times because in high school I wasn't so good. He reminded me that I had to leave the team one time and uh, for a couple uh, reasons. And, uh, but then he came to Seward and I had a second chance to play for the guy and it was all great. Later we had him in our wedding and uh, he's just been a great friend and a great prayer warrior for me and for us all these years. And we love that. He's played into our life and our plan. So then I went to Seward, and I got to Seward, and it was great. I was on disciplinary probation almost every semester I was there. <laughs> How many of you knew that before you called me? <laughs> and I, got, I went into the dean of students' office to Eric Helge, and I said, uh, he said, hi, Dan. I said, hi, Eric. How are you doing? I, actually, I said, hi, dean, doctor, sir. Um, he said, you have been in here so often. And I said, mm-hmm. He said, you've broken almost every rule here. And I said, mm-hmm. He said, so, what would you think if this next year, your last year, if you would be the head of all of the resident assistants on campus? Because you would know what to look for when people break the rules. <laughs> and I said, uh, sir, are you kidding me? Because that comes with a private room, you know, in the corner, near an exit, where you could break all the rules pretty easily. But he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And the plan then came together when my wife was the head student assistant, resident assistant for the women. And the plans that God has 
that we don't know about, and he brings us together. And we go to Detroit. Two kids from small towns go to Detroit and teach. And then we went to a place where we never said we'd go, to the South Spring in Tomball, Texas. And then we went back to seminary. And then we went to Davenport, Nebraska, and Kearney, Nebraska, and Hastings, Nebraska, and Fremont. And this week, we're just two weeks short of 15 years here in town. Who knows where we would have gone. The plans that God has for us, we don't know where we're going to end up. Right now, we're planning to stay in Fremont, but what does God have in store? That's our story. What about your story? Who are the people that have played into your life, in your faith life? Who are the people who have spoken a word of encouragement to you, a word of grace to you when you needed it? And I needed a lot of grace. And God always had sufficient grace for this sinner that stands in front of you, always had sufficient grace. And the plans were to prosper, not to harm. Even when you have cancer, it's not to harm because his plan is for eternity, not for this life. This is, this is just a pass-through to go where we're, where we're going. And then to give us hope, a blessed hope, and a future, a future that lasts. Well, that's the S and the P. Let's go to the U. The U is for unsearchable. Let's read this together from uh, Jeremiah 33.3. I call this God's phone number. Jeremiah 33.3, because we can call to him and he can answer. Let's read it together. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That verse got me through the seminary. When I was taking Greek and Hebrew, I didn't know. They were totally unsearchable to me. <laughs> And a friend of mine, after he saw uh, the grade on my test, and his was a little better than mine, and he leaned over to me and he ripped off a piece of his test and wrote Jeremiah 33.3 and he gave it to me. And that verse got me through seminary. That verse has hung in my office ever since. Call to me and I will answer. And what? I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. How many of you don't know something? How many of us want to go to God and say, tell me more? What, what is, what's something unsearchable? Think, what, think of it. What, somebody, what's unsearchable to you? Yes, sir. Where God's love ends. Where God's love ends. That is, yeah, that's unsearchable. But don't we have questions like that sometimes? I mean, sometimes it might feel like, God doesn't love me anymore. I'm unlovable. Where does, does God's love end? No, yeah. What, is, what else might be unsearchable? And it doesn't even have to be a faith thing. Future, yeah. You might, you might think in the world today, all of the stuff that's going on all across the globe, what, is, what does the future hold? What about my kids and grandkids? What's, what's going to happen? We might feel like that's unsearchable. My guess is during World War I and World War II and a lot of other times, a lot of different families felt the same thing that we're, some of us are feeling now. Sure. Anything else? The mystery of the human body. How can they give me four little pills and they're supposed to go to the kidney and to my leg where my cancer is? How does that work? I don't know. Thank you. Because I don't know how that works. 
How many of you have seen your heart? You know you have one? How many of you, it's an old joke, but how many of you have seen your brain? You know you have one, right? How many of you have seen your colon? Oh, sure, if you've had a colonoscopy, they show you the pictures. And they'll even show you a video. Oh, it's, let's go right here, right? <laughs> yeah. Tim Hawkins has a great song about colonoscopies. So if you're old enough, you'll enjoy that. Okay? Tim Hawkins. Um, anyway, when we think a little bit about God knowing, how does the body work? Isn't it, we could go the other extreme, right? We could go with the Blue Origin rocket a month and a half ago with William Shatner, and at age 90, go, go 66 miles above the Earth's surface at 2,200 miles an hour, come down in a back and forth in 11 minutes, and he came down and he said, this was, it was blue and it was beautiful, and all of a sudden it's black. Is, is that life and then death? Is that what that is? I mean, his emotions, if you watch the video, were, were really cool because I think we'd all have that overwhelming understanding of what that is. But we don't have, 60, we don't have to go 66 miles for what God has. We have, we have 66 books that God has put together for us that he's given to us to show what is unsearchable about him. Things that we don't know, things that we can't question but he gives us answers if we're content with his answers, if we're content with his plan, if we're content with him being sufficient, which comes to our last letter, R. And that word is, is for the things that are revealed. And this comes from Deuteronomy 29, 29. And it's really become my, one of my favorite verses. Read it again, if you would, with me. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. He's revealed stuff in here about the universe. He's revealed stuff in here about the human body. He's revealed stuff in here about our emotions. He's revealed stuff in here about our sin. And he says, all of us are stuck. But he's also revealed things in here that says, there's somebody who's able to pull you out of the quicksand of your own sin and your own life and your own hurt and your own desperation. He's grabbing on your hands. I've got you. He's revealed that to us. The hidden things belong to God. There's so much we don't know. And the problem with our humanity is, is we want all those answers. And God is saying, you pea brain people, you won't understand. Trust me. Will you trust me? We read the verse from Hebrews 11 before where faith is that, that surety about what God has planned for us, just knowing that we can be waiting for him. We can, we can rest on his word, and that's not always easy. I... I said in the video, I said in June was probably the hardest time of probably of my life. The other times when I've had, you know, my leg broke or other cancer things, I could always come back. This time when it happened and I was down and out and I, I couldn't walk and I was, it's like, okay, I'm not coming back. That was different. And I have to get used to different. 
because I'm not going to be working here. Doesn't mean I won't be bugging you. Uh, when I die, we're having fried chicken. So today we're not having fried chicken. <laughs> I have my funeral questionnaire done. I've had it done since Davenport. Where are the Davenport people? We got some here. Yeah, we had a bunch here last night. We have been blessed because everywhere we've gone, we've had people who have loved us and we've been able to love back. But they've been people who have loved God because they realized how God had loved them. That's really why we're here together today. Because God has loved us with an everlasting love. Deep love that we could never understand and grasp. And the secret things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to us and our children. So share them with those around you. Let them know that you love them and care for them. Let them know that God is bigger than any of us. His revealed things are enough. His grace in Jesus is sufficient. The desert that Jesus walked was this earth. And when he went to the cross, as hard as it might seem, that his death on the cross could forgive my sin, that's what he tells me is true. That's what he reveals to me. His resurrection from the grave also tells me that my life is not worthless. There is worth not only in this life, but it gives us purpose in this life so that I'm living it for the next life and living it with others in community so that there's purpose. All of us should have purpose in this life. And it leads us, it directs us, it, it's sufficient. All of the, I, as I worked on this service, the, the Bible verses I wanted us to look at, all of them are in the inside cover of your announcement pages. I wanted those so that when you go home, if you want to look at any of those verses, you can do that again, because those have been verses that are important to me. They may not be important to you. You write your own list. God has revealed to you about his son, Jesus, his work of forgiveness, and his blessing on your life.